Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I am joined by Urbanus Mark Mammon. He's a former high school athlete, a former collegiate athlete, a former area coach, and now a parent of some athletes. So uh, you kind of cover a lot of the spectrums, don't you, Mark? Yeah, yeah. It's good. Right. good. Well, welcome today. Thank you. And before we get really into this, can I just say congratulations on your induction next week into the Illinois chapter of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame? Well, absolutely. And let me tell you, I, 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 that probably surprised me as much as anything that's ever happened in my life. That was just totally uh, not even on my radar that uh, anything. Oh, it, it's, so. it's, a, it's a great honor and very well deserved, Fred. Well, thanks. Uh, I tell you what, I, I've had fun uh, covering wrestling and, uh, you know, a lot of greater band of members, too. I mean, uh, you know, I remember when, when your dad, Wayne, uh, got those dual meets going out at Marketplace Mall with Centennial. I think they did those uh, two or three Decembers in a row to kind of drum up some interest in, in wrestling. And I was out there. There was usually usually on a Friday afternoon around four, four thirty. And uh, that was a lot of fun to, to see that. And I, I think it probably did help promote the sport, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it was right during the the. Christmas holiday, you know, shopping um, period. So it, it got a lot more eyes on wrestling than there would have been just at a regular meet for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I think where I want to start today, uh, back, uh, I think a few years ago, but it's probably been what, 15, 18 years ago, uh, you and your brother Kirk and a couple others used to do a, a Sunday sports talk show. Uh, you had me as a guest on that several times. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that uh, how it got started and then how it kind of uh, wound down after uh, you, you guys did that for a number of years, didn't you? We did for a few years. Yep. Um, we we did that in it was probably the early 2010 um, to about 2013. And uh, what we did that for was to just try to generate some interest in sports um, around the area, especially Urbana, um, because we, we saw a need for that. And we were just trying to generate some interest in sports and, and try to encourage the, the kids that were doing sports to um, keep on doing what, what they're doing, you know. Do you feel like that was successful uh, the few years that you did it? I think so. Um, there, there were a lot of people that, that would call us and it, it was a very small um, broadcasting area, you know, but um, there, there were people from Urbana that, that tuned in and watched and, and had their kids watch. And, you know, I, I, I think it helped out a little bit during that time. So what's it like for you now after so many years of being a competitor and then so many years of coaching to now kind of be that proverbial fan in the stands and, and watch as your daughters play? That's a, a little bit of a different role, isn't it? It is. I, I, I love it. You know, I, I love watching our all of our kids um, um, compete in sports. And and so, you know, I'm, I'm more of a picture taker now than, a, you know, a coach or whatever, you know, I used to be. But, um, yeah, so it, it's a lot of fun. I think where I'd like to go next, uh, you're obviously familiar with Urbana, and, and one of the things that just absolutely strikes me as, as mind-boggling is how the last three falls, Urbana has played a grand total of one varsity football game. Uh, of course, the one year in there was COVID, so I guess you can kind of cut them a little slack there because there were several schools that didn't play that year. But then uh, last year, last fall, they played the season opener against Centennial and then went to a JV schedule after that, and then this year, uh, just an entire JV schedule, and I, I know it's uh, it's low numbers, and 
But what, uh, you know, Urbana's got an enrollment of, uh, I don't know exactly, 1150, 1160, something like that. How, how can this be happening in, in a school the size of Urbana? It shouldn't, you know, there's no way in the world it should happen. Um, it's, it's very sad to watch, uh, you know, as a, a resident here for many years. And um, I don't know, I mean, there, there's no, there's no way I can say anything about it. Um, Urbana should never have, you know, a, a lack of a football team or a baseball team, things like that it should never happen. And, you know, the, the thing that strikes me, I, I guess it's one thing if there's just a, a total lack of athletes, you know, at a school during a certain time. Uh, but I look back at Urbana, I mean, just a few years ago, they were winning 20 games in, in boys basketball. The, the boys soccer team is still doing great things. Uh, a couple years ago, Luke Lethman graduated, outstanding wrestler now at the University of Illinois. Three-time so, state champ, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, I guess it's what surprises me is that, you know, they're able to have the success in other sports, other boys sports, uh, but yet can't field a, a varsity football team. And I, I, it's just, it's very curious to me. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, that and baseball too. They, they didn't have a varsity baseball team uh, this past spring. And that made me go to the school board this past spring and, and uh, talk about that. And, and it, I mean, it should never happen. There, there's no excuse for it. I, I know several years before I retired, there was concern about baseball uh, because didn't the, the Legion program uh, post-71 either, either get dropped or disbanded or didn't maybe have enough for a varsity team? So I think there's, you know, there's been some kind of handwriting on the walls as, as far as baseball, hasn't there? There has. Uh, you know, if, if you go back to when me and my brother played baseball, um, uh, Little League Baseball in Urbana, we had probably seven um, varsity or seven suited little league teams at Prairie. Uh, there's probably seven at Blair, seven at Yankee Ridge, and and a couple other locations. But you're you're probably talking 250 kids playing suited little league back when when you know I, I was growing up, and when our sons uh, Cam and Andrew came through, um, there were two two teams, you know, two teams with like 11 um, kids each, like you're, you're talking 22 kids in Urbana playing suited Little League um, just uh, about five, six years ago. And that's, that's crazy to me. Well, it is. And, you know, I guess I'm kind of a person, I always like to, you know, figure out why, why are these things happening? What, what is going on? And, you know, I, I look at the history of Urbana football. I mean, it goes back to the early 1900s, I, I think 1908, if I remember right. Uh, but there was a period of time, I believe it was 50 straight years, where they had two head coaches, Lou Stevens and, and Warren Smith. And, you know, now I look back and just this century, since 2000, they're now in their seventh head coach. Uh, and this is for football I'm talking about. So, I mean, to me, I think maybe part of the issue is just not having the, the continuity in the coaching staffs. So the, the kids don't know what to expect from year to year. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, you, Urbana used to have a, a thriving junior league football program. And, and, you know, that's not what it was either. So, I mean, it's, you know, maybe it's the varsity coaches, but there's, you know, it's part of the, the feeder system as well. I mean, it's just, it's just a problem all the way around, isn't it? It is. And, and it's kind of crazy because if, if you look at the Urbana high school 
PE department right now, there's like four coaches that used to be coaches at Urbana that are still PE teachers, you know, at Urbana. Um, and we're trying to find uh, an, an actual coach. I, I think Coach Blandon uh, can be successful at Urbana. Uh, I like him. He, um, you know, he was a coach when Cam was um, playing uh, back in 2012 and all the kids liked him. And so I, I think he's a good, good selection. I, I think he can maybe uh, generate some, some interest in, in the sport and get some kids out. And it, it's going to take some time. I mean, it's not going to be an overnight thing that that get, gets Urbana back to where they should be. And of course, for people that remember, I mean, you know, Curtis Blandon was an outstanding athlete uh, over at Danville High School. In fact, his senior year was uh, was the player of the year for the, for the entire area. So, I mean, he, you know, comes from a very good football background. And, and you know, like you say, he's been the uh, coach or on the coaching staff now at Urbana for a number of years. So, uh, you know, maybe that's a, a good step in the in the right direction. It should be. I, I think so. I, I hope so. Um, yeah, there, there's been some some things over the years that that have led to the situation at Urbana. Um, you know, I I'm not one to point fingers at people, but, um, you know, I don't know. You go to other schools and, and watch a football game. Um, kids are playing football behind the stands. You know what I mean? You, you go, I, I was just at a football game a couple weeks ago at Unity. There, there was probably 50 to 80 kids playing football behind the stands there. And, and that happens everywhere around, um, you know, everywhere around the country. But I remember um, back in the early 2010s, um, they stopped doing that at Urbana. For whatever reason they they said we we don't want kids playing football and and i i thought to myself at that time that's that's a bad call that shouldn't happen and they have a, a beautiful stadium and right behind the the home stands is the the soccer field and they, they could shine the lights on that side on the you know um facing to the south and have bunch of kids out there playing football and excited about it dreaming about you know being on the the varsity field and and stuff like that but they haven't had that at Urbana for a long time and and that's kind of sad and and that's one of the reasons I think um we just don't have as many kids playing you know and and there's there's other factors that's that's just one of them but there's other factors as well well, and of course, what you say, I mean, that was nothing new. I mean, I, I grew up in the 1970s and that was going on then. Uh, in fact, one of the, the big issues then is a lot of times the kids would play right outside the fence so they could kind of watch a little bit of the game too. So every once in a while, a ball would bounce over the fence. So, you know, I can understand that, uh, you know, if, if they're going to play, you have to keep them far enough away from the playing field so it doesn't get interrupted. But, I mean, it's certainly been, you know, a, a half century, if, if not longer, that uh, the kids have been doing that. The parents will go and watch the game and, and the young ones will be over there uh, playing some football behind the stands. Wow. And, and I've been going to football games for – long time and Urbana's the only one that does that you know Champaign doesn't do that Danville doesn't do that all the small schools you know they have kids doing that and and that, that's important um 
you you gotta you gotta you know try to foster that love of sports somehow and and that's one of the ways that you do it you know, in my opinion so you know looking ahead now to a, a 2023 football season at urbana uh, assuming they have a varsity team and there's no reason right now to think they won't um, unless a kid was a freshman and will be a senior next year, they won't have a single kid that's ever played in a varsity game um, at, at Urbana. So, I mean, they're still going to, you know, once they get the varsity program back, they're still going to be at a, a disadvantage because it's such a step up, uh, especially in football, from the junior varsity to the varsity or freshman to the JV. Um, so they're still going to be kind of behind the eight ball, aren't they? Oh, it, it's going to take a while to get it back to where it needs to be. And, 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 you know, God bless those kids that, that are out there every day still practicing, you know, even though they don't have that Friday Night Lights experience that, that all of us had when we were growing up. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for those kids, but, but I, I still take my hat off to them for coming out and, and continuing to practice every day and, and come around and have these JD games and, and, and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I, I still have to take my hat off to those kids. Well, certainly it's absolutely better than nothing. And, and hopefully some other kids will pick up on that and, and see, and they'll talk to their friends and, and kind of, uh, you know, be able to promote some interest and, and get things going again. So I don't know how much, if any, this is a factor, but, but something I noticed before I'd retired, and which was in 2015 from the News Gazette, uh, more and more athletes seem to be specializing at the high school level in, in one sport. You see very few anymore that are, are playing two or three. I mean, there are certainly are some. I don't want to say they're not. Um, but is that a factor, do you think, not just at Urbana, but just in general, the, the fact that so many kids are starting to specialize at such a young age? Yeah, it, it's been happening for a while. Uh, club sports have, have really, you know, kind of dug their teeth into uh, middle school and high school sports and, and um, I, I don't like it, um, but you know it's, it's what's been happening for for a while now, and and um, you know it, it has affected the the multi-sport ath athlete for sure. So I think you can you can speak to this because both you and your brother Kirk were three sport athletes through, throughout your your high school careers. How do you feel like doing that helped you in in the other sports? I I, I think it's it's fantastic. Um, I, I think that's what kids should do um when, when they're growing up in middle school and high school you should try to be as as um you know multifaceted with sports as possible um do as many sports as possible i i, I think each sport kind of helps the other sport and and makes you more of a well-rounded athlete and plus i think you help to avoid the danger of burnout when you're doing one sport you know 10 months a year 11 months a year uh, and, and you start at, you know, some of these sports are starting, they have, they have travel teams for, for third or fourth graders. So, I mean, by the time you get to, to be a junior or senior in high school, you've been doing that over a decade. And it's easy to see why uh, some kids just lose some interest at that point, isn't it? That's true. And, and especially in a community like Urbana, where, you know, most of the kids are at a, a pretty um, low socioeconomic level. Um, so there's, you know, the haves get separated more from the have-nots, and and that that's that's kind of bad too. So you know, another thing that that really strikes me as as very interesting, it, it's so competitive. Everybody wants to get that college scholarship, and you know, there's statistics about how few high school kids ever ever go on and, and play in college. Um, but then on the flip side of that, 
um, because of Title IX, or maybe not strictly because of Title IX, but Title IX has certainly had a factor, um, there are, are girls, and a number of them, are getting college scholarships in sports they've never done. And I think back before I'd retired, again, uh, Eastern Illinois was recruiting a lot of area athletes to come down and play on the rugby team. Right. Just last, I, I saw that a couple of years ago, yeah. Just last year, a couple of girls from Muhammad got recruited to play or to compete on a college rowing team. And they'd never even been in, in a rowing boat. Uh, but the, the, the coach, at, uh, I think one of them was, was Akron and one of them might have been in Kentucky, uh, had come to a volleyball tournament to, to just look for people that were good athletes and, and you know, had you know, the size requirements they're looking for, figuring that they can train them uh, to be a, a college rower. So, I mean, talk a little bit about the, the inequities there. I mean, you, you've got a lot of boys that are specializing in one sport. They're doing travel teams for 8, 10, 12 years to get a scholarship. And then on the flip side of that, you, you have girls get recruited that, you know, for a sport that they've uh, never even participated in their entire life. Yeah, it's, it's a sign of the times, I guess. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not mad at, at that at all. Uh, I saw that a couple of years ago at, at Eastern Illinois, where they were uh, recruiting, you know, just great, good athletes around the area that were not um, scholarship athletes in other sports specifically for the rugby team and and I'm, I'm sure the rowing team and all, all those other ones are doing the same thing and and that's fantastic you know for for those kids and those girls um you know boys sports have been around a long time and you know there there's been some some challenges to to keep it going and and uh things like that but um you know i'm, I'm not mad at any of the the girls that are getting scholarships, you know, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I'm not either. I'm just kind of, I guess, find it curious that, you know, the, the disparity, you'll have guys that'll work so hard to get a scholarship and then girls just because, uh, you know, there are new sports or, or newer sports and, you know, girls wrestling's another one too. Wow. Uh, of course, there, there've been girls in wrestling now for a while, uh, but at least finally got their own state tournament last year. Um, I don't think there's enough to really, you know, have dual meets between teams, but uh, certainly when, when dual meets are held and sometimes uh, if both schools have a girl, a female wrestler, they can, they can get involved with that. What, what are your thoughts about the, the girls in the, in the wrestling program? I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, back in, I think it was 2015 or so there, there were like 800 girls nationwide high school participating. Now it's, it's over 31,000. Um, you know, there's all type of states that have sanctioned girls wrestling. Um, there's over 30 college girls programs now, and, and it just continues to grow. Um, it's, it's good. You know, I'm, I've got daughters that are in eighth and ninth grade, and, and I, I want them to have the best um, opportunities poss possible for sports. And, you know, so it's, it's fantastic, but yeah, it's, it, girls wrestling is actually exploding. And then on, on the flip side of that, you, you have colleges that are, are dropping the men's wrestling program. And, and one of the notable ones, this of course isn't recent, but uh, your, your college, Illinois state no longer has uh, men's wrestling. Right. Yeah. They, they dropped sad that. Isn't it? it's, it's sad. Um, yeah. They, they dropped our program in the mid nineties right around the same time that good friend of mine, Kevin Bracken was a two-time Olympian, uh, Greco-Roman wrestler. 
um, that, that rustled at ISU. Um, so that was sad. Uh, Eastern has dropped their program as well. Um, Northern and Southern have been able to continue theirs, but it, it took a lot of resources and a lot of people um, working on that to make, make that happen. Well, I certainly hope that uh, that, that continues, that uh, the, the wrestling programs continue at the, at the collegiate level. I mean, there's already fewer weights at the collegiate level, so that means right there are fewer opportunities for the high school kids, but uh, uh, hopefully that will continue. So if you uh, tell me, Mark, if you, if you had a crystal ball and kind of looked ahead, uh, what, what do you see on the landscape for, for high school sports in the next 5, 10, 15 years? What, what do you see? Uh, what do you think will be some changes that will happen or uh, things that uh, uh, we'll have to be dealing with? Uh, uh, that's a, it's a hard question there. Um, I, I think the schools where sports make a difference and, and people are value them, um, they will continue to thrive. Uh, the other schools that, that are not doing that um, will continue to struggle and maybe even more so than now. Um, you know, I, I really hope that Urbana takes a close look at what's going on with our sports programs, football, baseball, everything. And, and you know, the school district, the park district, uh, the community come out and, and try to, you know, um, you know, rally around the kids and, and, you know, give them some, some opportunities. Um, currently, I, I don't think there's enough opportunities in our community um, that there are around the area like Muhammad, St. Joe, Unity, uh, you know, even uh, Champaign, uh, Decatur, Danville um, are doing a better job than Urbana is right now. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I just hope that that that's what I hope. I, I hope people rally around and, and get it back to where it's supposed to be at. Well, you're right. I mean, there's no doubt there's some catch up that has to happen. Um, so this question is a little bit different than, than what we've been talking about. We've been talking about uh, athletes and their participation, but uh, probably one of the most serious challenges facing high school sports right now is just the shortage of officials. Um, there have just been a number of high school football games this year that can't be played Friday night under the lights. They're getting played Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening because they're having to use the same officials that work a Friday night game and they have to come back and instead of maybe doing a freshman or JV game on Saturday, they have to work another varsity game. Uh, and what, what's the answer there? What, uh, because this isn't, I mean, we've seen this coming, you know, for 15, 20 years, the older officials around 2000 are saying, we've got to get more young people involved because we're not going to be around forever. And now, you know, a lot of those older officials in whatever the sport, they, they are gone and, and there's certainly issues, isn't there? That's true. Um, and it, it's been happening that way for a number of years. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it, it's tough to be an official. I, I've been an official myself uh, for a number of years in wrestling. And, and um, you know, I, I see from time to time, you know, you see uh, officials getting you know, criticized, getting yelled at, and and just sometimes just crazy stuff from from the general public. You know, that's in in the stands, and and um, so I, I think that keeps people from wanting to become a official when they see that sometimes. Well, no doubt about it. Well, Mark, I've enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, before I let you go, I have one final question to ask, and that is. Uh, your thoughts, I, I'm sure they're all positive about uh, the Urbana wrestling room being named after your dad, uh, Wayne Mammon. Uh, 
just an outstanding, what, about 29, 30 years, I think he coached wrestling at the school and I don't have all the stats in terms of how many state qualifiers and regional champs, but uh, just an outstanding career. And, and that honor came along a while back. Talk, talk about what that means to, to see uh, the, the Wayne Mammon um, wrestling room. No, uh, wrestling has been fantastic for our family. Um, you know, my dad, my, me, my brother, our, our kids, um, and, you know, so uh, it, it's a great honor. You know, I, I don't know how many kids that go to school really understand who my dad is or was, um, but it is, it, it, it's very nice to see uh, something like that happen for sure. Absolutely, and very deserving too. Mark, anything else you'd like to add before I let you go today? No, uh, thank you very much. Always enjoy speaking with you, Fred. All right. Well, thanks for your time. We've been talking with uh, Mark Mammon, former athlete at uh, Urbana, Illinois State, a former area coach, official, uh, now just kind of the proverbial fan in the stands as he watches his young daughters compete in sports. So, Mark, thanks again for your time. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Fred.